Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. We are here swogging through the month of February, just about at the midway point. Cold and spooky weather across the country. As it as I sit here in my neck of the woods, currently snowing and it's like like zero degrees outside, which doesn't really narrow it down. If you're trying to figure out where I'm from, that's not going to help very much because there's like a that. huge swath of land that's like zero degrees right now. Right. If you you can if you want to like start going door to door and trying to find me, it could take a while. But I'm Lily Lady Six. I am joined, of course, by the ever so lovely Nerd Bomber. And Tactic rejoins us this week. We have a full strength three person cast. Hello, hello. It's very exciting to warm the audience up. Do we? Do you call podcast listeners an audience? They're not. There's not really a proverbial audience. They just listen to us on the weekly. Hopefully. Oh, absolutely. They are our dedicated audience members. Our like fellow to, I, warriors. I prefer to think of them more as well. Audience is fine. We want to know: Do you eat at the table? Like when, you, like when you make dinner. First of all, do you make dinner, or does someone else make dinner for you? And second of all, do you eat dinner at the table, or do you eat it on the couch watching television? Do you eat it? I don't know. In bed. I mean, there's plenty of answers. We were talking about this before the show started, and we were couchers, and now we're full-on tablers. Yeah, there was an incident with a blueberry. Yeah, it just is, is what I've know, been told. Tectic speared it with a fork and it just sprayed all over her couch. It was a juicy, juicy berry. So we've since become full on tablers. Yeah, see, I and 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 Hayes and I over here in this household were full on couchers. I think we we have a, a dining room table. We have a dining room and a dining room table. I think we've used the table to eat five times. And the reason we were talking about this, by the way, is that. W- the fifth time or so that we've eaten at our table was the day before we're recording this february 14th also known colloquially as valentine's day we wish you all a very happy valentine's day whether you're in a relationship or whether you are single and ready to mingle or ready to just you know pursue self-improvement and just live your best single life happy valentine's day eat some candy stay indoors it's really terrible outside we have a great show lined up today uh we have a lot of film and television-esque topics a lot of casting decisions to talk about to go through a lot of hbo max news we're gonna be dipping into video games with some of those no need to get into the specifics right away for all of them but i want to start with one that look when i was 12 or thereabouts i used to read this series of books written by brian Jacques, who presumably was french was he french i know what he looks like I don't know if he was, was French name like or French Canadian, or maybe he was, maybe he just right. like was around France. I don't know. I never heard him speak. I never saw him in real life. Of course, I saw him on the back of many book jackets, and he was the author of the Redwall series. And so, so first of all, Nerd Bomber, I know that you read the Redwall series. Tactic, any familiarity, or is this all Greek to you? Not a read. You don't read. Okay. Well, let me. I'll walk you through the details. Also, I didn't. Nerdbomber, did you read all the Redwall books? There was like a hundred thousand. I didn't. I don't know if I read them all because they were still coming out. Like there were new Redwall books for decades, almost. I want to say they were pumping them out for like twenty, thirty years or something crazy like that. Yeah, they were. I I tapped out at a certain point, but I read a lot of them. They. I mean, it's sad, but they were pumping. He was the guy was writing, and he died. That's like that's how Redwall ended. He died, and they didn't do anymore. But I read at least eight or nine of those books, which as 12 year old was an accomplishment. I remember feeling really badass because he called like individual sections of the books books. So like within a 
a novel, you had book one, book two, book three. And I don't know if you guys had this at your elementary schools, but there was like a, a read to win contest thing and you got like a bookmark if you read so many books. And here I am, you know, I've got a novel in front of me and I'm like, okay, well, I finished book one. I'm going into book two. Right. I got three books out of this single book. This is amazing. And I would Sounds mark like- them down individually. So but you cheated is what you're saying. I you didn't cheated. know at the time that that you're was like cheater. the literary thing because you're in what, like second grade or something like that. And you're like, oh my God, look at all these books I'm reading. I am calling your school effective immediately. And, and to give all record. my NFL bookmarks back. I don't know. I mean, NFL bookmarks sound great, but yeah, unfortunately you, you cheated. You have to face the consequences. These were, I mean, these were books. Okay. These were like, I remember thinking when I was reading Moss Flower in particular, because Redwall... The first book, Redwall, was like a hardcover book that, you know, looked like a, a freaking book. All right. I mean, it was like on the order of like a Harry Potter book. And it was, you know, it was like a Harry Potter book. You read it and you were like, okay, this is this is a book book, but I'm still a kid. And then I read Moss Flower. And Moss Flower is like, that's a freaking book. Do you remember Moss Flower? Oh, yeah. Bomber? So just to be thick, clear, your, paperback. your um, levels of book are, this thing's a book. And then this other thing, is, that's a book book so like you, you you it's a book book yeah it's a book book okay so okay, i'm just trying well, to understand your unit of measurement and ed as Nerdbomber already mentioned there were books within the books so the book book was actually a book book of books try yeah try and keep up Th- these were woodland creatures for lack of a better term you had mice you had raccoons you had badgers i remember constance the badger specifically and it's this group of animals living in this in this peaceful abbey which abbey is really just a gentle word for castle all right. It was a castle. And uh, they would get into wars and adventures. And there was a television show. The television show was so dope. I think it was PBS, right? It aired it on PBS, be. but I think it might have been like a BBC show or something. Like it was not made in America. It was made over in the UK, I believe. And we just it, got it on PBS. It was so great. It basically, I think it was basically just chronicling the events of the first book. Like there wasn't much, uh, it didn't do more than the first book that I remember, but who's to say the point where, where this is all leading, by the way, Netflix is, is, is doing a series and I'm jazzed about it. I'm really jazzed about it. It's a great idea. I mean, Netflix, the thing about Netflix is they go hard on the children's content. I mean, there's a, like, I don't watch it because I'm not a child, but if I have, you know, assuming I'm ever to have children, it's going to be a godsend. As an adult, I could totally see this being geared towards adults as well, because I don't know, is Redwall still popular? I feel like maybe it got replaced because back at, back when we were, I guess, in elementary school, like medieval stuff was super, super cool. And now I don't know what is hip with the kids these days, what they're reading. And so I would even be on board with this being a television show that's like more so in the vein of like the Dragon Prince, where... It, it is a kid show, but it's also very much geared towards adults and adults can find enjoyment in it. Because if this is anywhere near the production value and goodness level of the Dragon Prince, man, I am here for it. It's just like, it, I'm going to tell a, a very brief story that I remember about Redwall. When I was younger, again, like tw- in the 12 year old zone, I went to school and a friend of mine introduced me to Redwall. And he had a bunch of the Redwall books. He's still now my best friend. Shout out to Ben. Ben, if you're listening, maybe you still read Redwall. That would be interesting. He gave me one to borrow. And I read I read it voraciously, as I did when I was younger. And we started talking about the characters. And I mentioned the main character. I think I called him Mitimio. 
you look you can read words and not be able to pronounce them <laughs> all right and that was this, this that this was the crash course in that because there's there's names that i hadn't seen before red the main character in Redwall is matthias i always in my head pronounced it as matthias which is wrong so this was a learning experience for me i learned it's matameo it's it's matthias he had a thing for m's he really did sidetrack but um if you watch the show if you watch the movie and the show that comes after it you're gonna know how all the names are pronounced <laughs> when you read the books this this is going to be initially a movie that adapts the first book Redwall, in the series and then it will be followed by what they're what netflix is calling an event series based on the character of martin the warrior and if you've read the books you know that martin the warrior is kind of kind of a string that ties all of them together Mm-hmm. so this is great i'm on board for this i you know yeah i think i'm excited yeah, go on, go on. I mean, we wanted to bring this up I, not because we had anything critical to say about it <laughs> i mean it's just great news I, like if ever i have a kid i'm gonna want them to watch something like red ball and honestly even if you're an adult i totally advocate going back and revisiting those books if you've never read them before i mean i'm trying to think of a good way that would sum it up it feels a lot like a game of thrones obviously very tame because it's a kid's Gentler. book but like game no of boobies. thrones no, <laughs> yeah, boobies. no boobies um game of thrones with woodland creatures because that's really like the the book series was so epic and it's swept over so many different novels that it really did feel like this gigantic story and this huge world and there were so many different characters and plot lines to follow and it really was something that set me up to really enjoy and look out for fantasy novels as I was growing up. And that's really what got me into sci-fi and fantasy today, I think. I credit Redwall with a lot of that. So if you've never read them before, I feel like these still hold up even as an adult. And I know that you can go find the series. I think it's currently on Amazon Prime, the original one. So you can hunt that down and watch is it, it really i believe it is oh my god so definitely go check that out because like i said it's kind of like game of thrones for kids with woodland creatures 10 out of 10 would recommend well th- there's there's a chance and, and first of all i have to admit that I, I very briefly imagined a woodland creatures game of thrones that does include the boobies and the gore and all that and that'd be messed up but i i have to imagine that there were probably possibly elements of these books that i read when i was a kid that were allegorical that were that flew over my head as a youngster let me put it that way not anything like you know r-rated but deeper themes that i didn't care about i cared about reading about woodland creatures you know using swords and crap but i would be i'd be curious to reread them i'm not sure that i will but i'd be curious to do that another thing i want to mention about the series before moving on and to kind of advocate for this for watching this show the existing one and the new one is a lot of strong female characters and Bummer, that might be why it resonated with you like i specifically remember mary old redwall oh yeah uh, which was one of the later books but in in almost every book there was at least one very strong female character which it's important obviously for you to be exposed to that but you know it's important for me to be exposed to that too and and to any kid so shout out to redwall on netflix we want to hear from you on twitter did you read redwall when you were a kid did you watch the show and if if you are still going to the book fair and have that book fair money don't be a tech tick and spend all that money on posters for your room buy a book so you went to the okay let's unpack that you went to the book fair and just bought posters uh and and sometimes bookmarks 
like pens and stuff. They, yeah. I mean, they look, book fairs were really cool. First of all, all those milky gel pens, Ooh. toys. There's occasional like little nothing toy. When you guys were in school, did you? Oh, actually, Animorphs. I bought the Animorphs books. Animorphs. Okay. Animorphs was dope. See, I missed out on Animorphs. That's one that what? I missed out. I, I was, feel like we need to have like a a '90s Pulp Fiction book club thing where we all read about Redwall and Animorphs all over again. Well, because I was what I was about to mention. I was a Magic Treehouse. Oh, I was part know. of the Magic Treehouse Club. I sucked those things down like Coca Colas when I was a ten-year-old kid, or I was younger than that probably. But I used to get these like illustrated classics classic stories that had pictures in them and they were easier to read it was like i would read like huckleberry finn and it was like 10 pages and it was books as, as a kid were great did you guys when you were kids did you have book order forms 100 yeah, percent. those were like crack cocaine like i would bring those home all excited i would show it to my mom she'd be like okay pick out a book and man remember like don't get me wrong i like to read now but like not like that not the the excitement level was not that high it's not that high now it was so high then i mean i still have a really big excitement level about getting a new book but you're right it, it's completely different like i i've been doing book of the month club so you get to pick a monthly book on and off for a year like i don't do it consecutively but whenever i see that they have titles that interest me i'll, I'll do the month and get a book and i get really excited but i just remember sitting down with that book order catalog and going through with a pen and just circling all of the books that i wanted it was incredible it was yeah. so great because now you get a book and you go you feel guilty and go uh when am i gonna read this well yeah and you know <laughs> yeah obviously another big part of it too is that when you're a kid and you bring home a book order form to your mom it wasn't my money my mom was like hey pick out a book i was like hell yes mom i will pick out a book well plus and, those you, and books, you will pay for it <laughs> those books like i don't know what's scholastic how they were making profit but like now oh, books are thirty bucks. You could get a book for three ninety nine. So my mom would be like, oh, yeah. "You have twenty dollars." Feel the like, paper quality of the two different books. Trust yeah, me. It's, it's fair. They were called pulp books for a reason. They were made out of pulp. <laughs> but I mean, you could still get like six books for what you could buy one book for now. So that's true. It was those, exciting. Those, those children's paperback. If you threw them up in the air, they'd just disintegrate. The pages would just fly everywhere. They they were barely made of anything, but they were great to read, and that's what they were for. So, uh, yeah, go check out Redwall. And, and look, twi- Twitter, Twitter folk. We're on Twitter. We're there. We're, we're, we're part of the, of the cultural zeitgeist of the 21st century. We tweet. We like things. We retweet things. At Online Warriors 1. It's our main show account. At OW Illegal 86. At OW Nerd Bomber. At OW Tactic. We're all there. Come talk to us about Redwall, about Netflix, about whether or not Brian Jacques is French or Canadian or French-Canadian, you know, what do, you, what do you think of woodland creatures as a narrative vehicle just talk to us about all that or something else who cares let's move on now i want to i want to save the other topic that i'm really excited for for later I'm, I'm picking and choosing topics i want to talk about hbo max and we're going to talk about a few things here i think we'll start with the justice league trailer because it was it was long it's like what a two and a half minute trailer i don't know exactly how long it might be longer than that first of all if you haven't watched it pause the podcast go watch it it's three minutes max and then come back because we're about to talk about it probably in some amount of depth and i'll I'll give i'll give my just one word one sentence fragment summary who the hell cares that's that's my overwhelming (laughs) i I might have gone into it with a bad attitude I'll, i'll i'll cop to that 
but like everyone's talking about the joker being in this trailer right so he's in the last two seconds give me a freaking break and it's a dream sequence clearly so my opinion of it is i kind of agree with you with regards to the snyder cut because basically what we're going to see with the snyder cut is what we saw with the original justice league will a bit more of a substantial plot but the same action which, which by so, the way and it wasn't good and like it is well known that it wasn't good but yeah uh, so sorry. it's it's kind of still going to be all of the same in my opinion and the one major difference is the scene with the joker and what we've seen time and time again with regards to the justice league is when the shared i'm going to say this again the shared earth is in peril to the point where not even the villains get to rule there's team-ups that take place and what i'm hoping is is this open up the door for some kind of a team up to take him take down the bad guys and, and i think that would be something new something cool that we'd all be excited to see so that's my major takeaway so is that what they're teasing with like the lex luther voiceover the joe and the joker that's I thought what the joker that's what was i was a dream is that is that not a dream sequence the part with the joker and the batman's wearing he's in like, like the dust world or whatever did i miss something it's it's hard to say because we don't know what is really being planned for this rendition so I'm just going to go full steam ahead with my theory sure. and not read into too much of the scenery per se. It's an, I mean, I agree. It's a, that would be an exciting, I mean, imagine the Batman and the Joker teaming up. That's a, that's good right there. Like that's a good thesis for a movie. So my biggest takeaway here, I guess there's two things. Like, first of all, it looks super grim and dark and not super fun. And I feel like we've, that's a good thing. Yes. Yes and no. And I know that's like the whole Zack Snyder shtick. But like the last few DC movies, I feel like they really moved away from that. And I know this is going back to fix Justice League, supposedly, and make it better. Try to fix Justice League. But like, I don't know if I'm I'm feeling something four hours long that's grim and dark and not fun. Like, I don't know if I have a place for that in my life at the moment. But hey, you know what, Zack Snyder, I'll give it a shot. Why we have to do it in four, three aspect ratio? Also not super sure. Not clear on that. Like, I know there was a reason. He gave some kind of reason. But I... mm. That's what his TV supports. (laughs) I just, I mean, the, I'm not looking the, forward to that. I want to make full use of my TV. I don't just want to watch it in four, four, three. And I know it's like expanded shot, so you could see more of the, I don't know, the surroundings or something. Because the, there's the dusty more like dream scenery. There was like supposedly, I think I read that he wanted more like vertical environment in his shots. I'm not really sure. I. He suggested everyone rotate their televisions, but that didn't <laughs> that didn't land. So the question I have for you guys. Are you guys excited to watch this? Do you think it's going to make a difference? Because right now for me, like I feel like I'm going to watch it because it's on HBO Max and I feel like I have to to stay up on my nerd cred, but I don't know if it'll make it better. I no plans to watch here. I'm not turned on by it. I'm turned I'm turned off by it. And let me give you a visual a visual attachment to that. I don't know where you're going with this and I'm uncomfortable. My penis wise Okay, when you're when you're this turned off, your penis inverts and goes into your body. Like, I, I I saw the first Justice League. I sat through that in theaters, and it was you know pretty bad. And the the premise here is okay. What if what if we gave you a director that people are bloodthirsty about for no reason? Zack Snyder, who Watchmen Watchmen was good, Three Hundred was fine. I don't get what the big what the fuss is all about with him. 
And also, what if he gave you a movie that was that just he just didn't want edited? It just was four and a half hours or however long it's going to be. That just it doesn't sound enticing to me at all. I, I, I think there's something on offer here. Like, if I remember correctly, in the original cut, they either didn't show the dream at all that like precipitates Batman's action or they showed it for like two seconds. And I agree that's an important thing that they should give more time to. But four hours? If it's four hours, it's going to have a lot of the same crap I already saw. And none of that was good. So I just, I don't know what all the fuss is about. And there's a lot of fuss. That's another big thing about it. There's so much fuss. It's, there's a little bit of contrarianism on my part of like, I don't want to care because everybody else seems to, and I don't get it. I don't understand it. And with that tactic, <laughs> take it away. Give, give me, give me a, di- a dissenting viewpoint if you can. I don't know how much you are looking forward to it or, or how much you care, but I assume you do more than I do. So here's my take of what your your perspective should be, and that is, I think you should see it pending the review of your friends. Okay, so you're offering to take that bullet for me. I will take you. that bullet for you. You're you're a true friend. You've done this for me on multiple occasions, and you you warned me about Wonder Woman, and I went in anyways. <laughs> so I can't promise I'll listen to your recommendation, but I mean, you know where my bar is. I, I told you where Wonder Woman is, and I believe that met my expectations that you would perceive so you know if i yeah. if i tell you something's bad it's going to be bad and if i tell you something's good it's a it's something you should really consider that's true that's a good way to put it i'll, I'll tell you one thing for four hours of my life it's going to have to be really good it's going to have to be life-changing it's going to have to make your penis jump off of your body in excitement <laughs> hey that yeah i'll tell you what that would be something we'll we'll see uh, other things in the hopper for hbo it's been a big week for hbo Uh, series orders have been announced for three new adult animated shows and the one i know the most details about i I did not watch clone high so i don't have a whole lot of information or takes on that i want to talk about this velma dinkley spinoff and now i'm 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 starting to sound like lewis black like some cynic but who asked for this dude i'm on board with this i'm i'm not there at all (laughs) it seems like a waste of airtime to me I, but it, prove me, I mean, prove me wrong. This is good. Prove me wrong. Outside of the main Shaggy and Scooby relationship, Velma is the most compelling character in the Mystery Machine gang, or Mystery Inc., I, I guess. And they've made her backstory, the canon backstory for Velma, super interesting to me. Like, they've completely developed her character in a way where she's not just the dorky sidekick. And I want to see it. Mindy Kaling is going to voice her and I think that's a great fit. I feel like Mindy Kaling always makes me laugh. She might be a little bit too bubbly and quirky for Velma. I feel like Velma's always kind of been no, more No, I think of she's a... still going to have the shy personality. Yeah? Okay. But, I like, like Mindy Kaling a lot. I have no problem. I, like, the, the I nuts and bolts fun. of it. Yeah, the nuts so, and bolts of it are great. I just, the pre- premise wise, I can't, I can't get there. I think a good comparison would be the show Archer, in my opinion, as far as adult cartoons go. I think it's going to have that same kind of like slick spy or maybe detective, if I will, banter. I don't think she's going to be the quirky, silly one in her gang, but I think there is going to be an Archer-esque goof. I think there has to be. That's what Fred was there for. He was the, the goof in that squad. And so I think it has all of the right personnel to really make a dynamic squad because i think she works in a group i I don't really see her as a standalone rotational character where it's just new people each day that she's interacting with i think she has a lot of strengths that can be played off of some other team 
and I and I see her as the main and the leader in that team because of her skill set. But I think that we just need to know more about that squad that she's going to be representing, if I may. So, so let me get a point of clarification too. They seem to be using the word adult animation very specifically. Is this like? And I haven't watched much Archer, but I've watched enough to know that like it goes it goes to ranch town fairly often it's a regular resident of ranch yeah but there's not like nudity or anything like that like it's no, not afraid to say that, like that sex could be a topic or drugs can be a topic or or, or things like right, that but, but my point is my my question is then is the Velma Dinkley spin-off going to ranch town because that just seems like a bizarre left turn to me i mean um, let's be honest velma can get it you know what i mean i'm well, not saying think... velma can't get it but it, it, it's just it's, it's a weird left turn i think it might even just be exploring more adult themes. And by that, I don't mean sexy time. Like they might just be exploring adult life because even throughout most of all of the Scooby-Doo stuff that we've seen, all of the content at the oldest, they're like late teens. You never really see them as adults. So maybe this is like Velma striking out on her own and she's like in her 30s or 40s and doing a thing. Who even knows? Tracking down a series of murders linked to drug cartels. You can't do that on regular Scooby. (laughs) I was going to say, it might not, it might be like actual crime. It might not be like, ah, gee, Willikers, someone in a ghost mask (laughs) stole all the candy bars from the convenience store. Yeah, it's like they're all like victimless crimes, right? Whereas it, it, I, I will admit, it would be interesting to see Velma attempt to solve a a crime with victims. But like, it, it just I don't know. I it might be that my view of Scooby Doo as a show is I really hope very that Scooby and Shaggy cameo, and they finally just outright say it. They're potheads. That's really all I just I want. It, everyone's tiptoed around it, but come on. But how do you have Scooby-Doo cameo in an adult? I guess you could do like a Brian from Family Guy situation where he's like suddenly matured and can like talk in an intelligible way. Or but just I, like I don't know. Shaggy's there and Scooby's there and they're both blazed out on the couch and they don't need to say a word. Maybe I'm putting too much emphasis on the word adult. But like when, when, I, th- when I think of Scooby-Doo and, and, and by extension Velma. <laughs> you know, I, 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 Perfect. <laughs> I'm just going to plow right through that. I think of I think of this very transient. The episodes of Scooby Doo were not long. It was like I don't know half hour television where each character got a handful of lines and they solved a crime at the end and moved on to the next one. There was no continuity or depth, and there wasn't really need for it. See, that's it, where you're wrong, though, because early two thousand Scooby Doo really did evolve from that point. So I was a big Scooby Doo head when I was a kid. I'll admit it, Redwall, Scooby-Doo, I was a straight-up nerd. I was, you know, gunning for where I am today. Scooby-Doo's not nerdy. I wouldn't I mean, to the extent that I really liked Scooby-Doo, it was was a little nerdy. I'll take your Um, word for it, I guess. But when they started getting into the movies, the animated movies that were like an hour and a half long, and they actually had real paranormal stuff happening, like it wasn't just a dude in a mask. They were actual zombies and actual werewolves and actual I thought you were gonna. I thought you were going to bring up the live action movies, which we don't, no. those don't deserve the airtime on this podcast. I thought those podcast. were actually quite good, they especially were. the first Thank one. You. The live action ones? Yes. Oh, I thought we were talking about the animated ones. Tactic, come on. Like, they weren't terrible. The first one was good. When they introduced Scrappy, I, nah. Well, I guess my view of Scooby-Doo is just different. And and it might it sounds like it might be because I didn't stick around for long enough. It wasn't a show I sought out. It was a show that it happened to be on and I would watch it. And that might be why it has this very... I have, I have this very fleeting attitude towards it. 
I urge yeah. you, go back and try to find, I don't even know where you can find it, but try to go back and find those animated movies. They were like an hour and a half or so. Just give them a whirl, give one a whirl. And you see a little bit more depth to the characters and a little bit more interaction because you have more screen time with them. And even like the movies kind of built off of each other. So it wasn't like you started from scratch and had to get introduced to them all over again. So like you had time to get to know them and it was good. It was real good. I mean, I, I, I to throw them a bone too, in terms of Scooby if you snack. to pick... To throw them a Scooby snack, thank you. Oh, to... fudge. Hey, that was a good joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to really find out where those buttons are. To throw them a Scooby snack, like, if they had to pick a character from the machine, Mystery Machine Squad to spin off, like, like you said, Shaggy's a pothead. Fred is a walking haircut. Velma's a great choice. And Mindy Kaling is a great choice. I think she can adapt to that. I just, just premise wise, I'm just, I'm, as you can tell, I'm having a hard time. But this is on the way. We are not done with talking about HBO Max, actually. We're going to be talking about another HBO Max casting announcement after the break, but we will have to take our break now. But we have to shout out our fantastic Patreon producers, and that's producers with an S, because we have two. 2021, coming in hot. Stephen Keller, Ben Shackness, hats off to you. Tip of the cap, other hat-related metaphors. We want to thank you for supporting the show on Patreon at the night level which gets you this producer shout out gets you input into the weekly game segment gets you of course access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and occasional guest spots as well we want to thank you for that if you want to support us on the show and perhaps aren't looking to support us at the night level there are also squire and page levels the squire gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and the page gets you access to the monthly secret segment so head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast check out more of the details there be like ben be like steven join the crew we're, we're a crew we're our, we're making our own mystery machine over here and what does the machine make good podcasts i don't it's a podcast machine is that is that a fair assessment of what we do here i don't know i just show up we make good content great content right it's a good point it's not just podcasts so thanks again to to, to steven and ben uh, we're going to take a short break now to shout out one of our sponsors but when we get back we're going to talk about some casting announcement for borderlands and the last of us oh boy I'm, I'm so glad we got that chance to take a break you know i was really i was really getting hungry so i just finished up a kind bar sorry for the the gross chewing noises but you know that that kind of brings us into our sponsor for this week because today's episode is brought to you by kind bar Kind is deeply committed to crafting food with real recognizable ingredients, a disruptive notion that sparked the creation of a new healthy snacking category. Kind is unapologetic in their efforts to challenge the status quo to shift the food industry and empower their community and our listeners to make better informed choices about health. Kindness can be a transformative force for good, and that is why we're teaming up with Kind and Podgo to bring our listeners 10% or 15% off for military, teachers, students, first responders, doctors, and nurses. Go to podgo.co slash kind, that's P-O-D-G-O dot C-O slash K-I-N-D. Kind Bar, creating a kinder and healthier world, one act, one snack at a time. All right, welcome back to the show. To wrap up the HBO Max set of topics, 
we talk about the last of us uh, and this is of course exciting for, for me as a true fan of the franchise tactic almost finished the first game i, I, I think i don't i don't believe he ever actually finished it but we've heard about this hbo max this hbo series has been in the works for a while it's been announced we got the short little trailer basically showing the firefly symbol no other information but they've just announced you know two of the most important almost the only two casting decisions that need to be made for this show which are the casting choices for joel and ellie and i want to talk about joel first for those that did not hear pedro pascal is the guy here and ah man I, it's a mixed bag for me this is about as, as mixed a bag as you can get i like pedro pascal a lot he's done very well in the mandalorian he was pretty decent in wonder woman he was good in kingsman the, the golden circle he's not gruff enough like when i think about joel as a character he's older and gruffer and just the 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 edges are so much rougher than what pedro pascal has on offer from a physical standpoint from a for me it's the eyes his eyes are are, are really too kind if i may yeah and 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 this could be biased too this could be recency bias in the sense that we've we've watched him now for over a year start off as this hardened character who ultimately softens from episode to episode on the, on the mandalorian but even even as a hardened character in the mandalorian you knew he had that soft spot in him whereas in my opinion in the last of us he's more of a caretaker than he is someone with a soft spot right he's the soft spot does develop i mean without giving spoilers there's a soft spot that develops in the last of us but it's a much more utilitarian caretaker is a great way to put it and you know, at the beginning of the of the game and what will ultimately be the show, he is a do-what-it-takes-to-survive guy, and that never really changes. So, I, I don't know. It, it, it's tough because when I first heard about this show, and even before I heard about this show, I was already thinking, you know, okay, let's say this became a movie, not even a show. Who plays Joel? To me, the answer is abundantly clear. It is Hugh Jackman is the 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 end all be all they uh, they probably tried to get him and they should have they should have if they didn't he would be a tough get should have been him but i'm not i'm not altogether dissatisfied with pedro pascal i i, I want to make that clear so uh, yeah. interestingly enough i'm drawing a blank on the actor's name but it's kind of funny that you suggest hugh jackman i was actually I thinking help. the actor that plays Sabretooth, and i'm drawing a blank Gosh. on his name it's not leave schreiber is it it's been a long time since i've seen the like x-men movies that he was in was he only in the first one yeah it's leave schreiber he'd be good I mean, yeah hugh jackman, he would be a, a much better one in my opinion leave schreiber than hugh jackman yes absolutely wow okay well i take issue with again mm-hmm. hugh jackman has the same kind of thing for me he's you you can you can tell he has this innate kindness hidden behind his gruff whereas leave schreiber has more of it's in there but he doesn't show it so I've never played The Last of Us. The, you guys know this. This is like my glaring like hole in my gaming portfolio that I've never gotten around to playing it. And I, I probably should. And I probably will soon. But I don't agree with either of you that Pedro Pascal is not a good fit just from the limited information that I know of Joel. Because you guys are thinking of him in The Mandalorian taking care of a baby Yoda, which fair, cute. But he also has played a huge role in Narcos and he's also played a, a, not a huge role, but a role in Game of Thrones where he had to play slightly gruffer characters. And I feel like he pulled but it off But in Game of Thrones, well. he was really the playful flirt. 
He wasn't, he wasn't, he didn't have any gruff. Yeah, but then all of a sudden, like, he had that badass side where he was, like, a badass warrior dude. Eh, eh. I don't know. Another, another name I want to throw in, Carl Urban would have been amazing. Throwing that yeah, in there. Yeah, that, that's good. Carl Urban would have been it, great. It's, it, I'm just, I'm thinking about, like, who's gruff. Like, another thing I want to say about Pedro Pascal, too. Again, I, I'm not looking to dump on this choice or on him. He is not old enough. I also think that, that Joel has to be at least 50 years old. And... I don't know how old Pedro Pascal is, but I doubt he's that old. I'm Googling it right now. Pedro Pascal age. He's 45, so he's close. I don't, but I don't think he's quite there. I just, I, I don't know. I don't, I, you know, to move into the, the Ellie casting, which is of equal importance, if not greater importance. I do not know. I didn't watch, I did not watch Game of Thrones. Uh, you guys watch Game of Thrones. Yes. Yes. So, uh, Bella Ramsey, I have no idea who she is. The look is right. I will say just, you know, I, I can only go off of the look. And, you know, I, Elliot Page is, is has aged out, you know. Yeah. Ten years ago, he would have been great. But that's no longer an option. So I think Bella Ramsey is as good as the next best thing. I saw a lot of flack on the internet. And again, this is someone who's never played The Last of Us. So take this with a grain of salt. But there was a lot of flack on the internet about how she didn't look the part and they wanted someone who looked more in line with the video game character. And honestly, I don't think that matters as much. I think what you need, especially for a young actor, is you need somebody who can display the type of emotion that I've heard (laughs) is in The Last of Us. And you need to have that range of dynamic emotion and the ability to play off very grave situations because we're talking about a post-apocalyptic zombie world basically and you need to have someone a young actor who can successfully play a serious role and i feel like bella ramsey does a really good job of that so i think it's a good fit and for that uh, hbo knows both of them they've worked with them both that's true the look isn't wrong either i disagree with anyone saying that the look is wrong the look is probably I think the look is spot on yeah it's like as close or about as close as you could get so that that complaint doesn't ring true to me to me at all needless to say i remain they, they could have cast two pieces of wood and i would have been excited but i'm i'm excited by pedro pascal and bella ramsey i think the show's gonna be great i you know i i don't have any serious doubts uh, similarly i don't have any doubts kind of transitioning a little bit into the borderlands casting announcement and you have no doubts jack black as claptrap is perfect like okay my exposure to borderlands is not as high as you guys and i'm sure you guys have a lot more thoughts on these casting choices than i do but you played the first game pretty extensively i didn't finish it but But you still played it i played it for long enough to know that jack black as claptrap is good and if you disagree with that i i can't can i can i kind of divide can i squeeze right in the middle of of you two squeeze right right in the middle man so i think he has the right personality i don't think he has the right voice however that's my problem however i do think that they are going to have some movie magic with his voice it has to sound robotic it has to my biggest my biggest issue and tactic basically pointed out i think jack black is great from the comedy standpoint because claptrap is the comedic he's one of the yeah he's the levity of the entire game in my opinion or not maybe the entire game, but he brings a lot of it. But the voice, Jack Black has a very iconic voice. Claptrap has a very iconic voice. The two voices are not the same. It's just not a good voice fit. So maybe they'll do something. But I'm, I'll am i run us through some of the other casting choices. 
So yep. you have Kevin Hart as Roland. And Roland in the game, this is another thing. Like I, I enjoy That's Kevin no Hart. Good. That's no That's good no at good. all. Roland is this that. big, really buff, giant, militaristic dude who is kind of gruff and very solemn. Like of the entire crew, he is one of the more serious characters. And uh, you, you uh, got Kevin Hart. He So Roland can be quippy, but it's not... It's not Kevin Hart it's level not comedy. Kevin, it's not like frenetic Kevin Hart comedy. It's like it's like gal. It's very gallows humor driven. Right. It yeah. Kevin Hart. I'll meet you there. Kevin Hart is not right for Roland. Like I could see Terry Crews in the role because he's a big video yeah. game nerd and like physique wise fits almost to a T. I think that would be a better fit. I'm very skeptical about the Kevin Hart casting here. Tactics. Do you have any thoughts on that? I couldn't agree more. So moving to the next one, they also announced that Jamie Lee Curtis is going to play Tannis, which... That's good. Okay, that, that come on. Come okay, on. so the character ages here, I, I don't really know what they're doing in terms of ages because Kevin Hart is relatively young. But Jamie Lee Curtis, and we'll talk about Kate Planchett, who is also cast, they're older than their characters in the game by a substantial amount. And I don't disagree. I think Jamie Lee Curtis can pull it off. She's a nerd. She kind of has the general look of Tannis. But I I don't... I can see this jiving, but I just... I don't know what they're going for. Because even like Kate Planchette, well, yeah. I could see that casting working maybe like 10, 20 years ago. But I'm just confused. Like, are they trying to do a futurist... like? futuristic version of borderlands and if so then why is kevin hart so much younger comparatively and i'm just confused i think Tannis will Blanchett be fine. Is, i'm not worried kate blanchett is lilith right the main yes. character I, I, okay i agree with you on that and then they could have gotten someone younger and like I i'm think, not i'm not trying to be ageist here because i think those like they're great actresses i think they would be great for the role if we're doing like a future borderlands type thing you know if we're doing like a new generation yeah. of fighters and they're like the guiding hands but if you're going to try to give me borderlands one story i'm confused well so i still i stand by i think i don't know what tannis's role it wasn't all the way fleshed out for me in my in my play because i didn't finish the game but the role that i saw her in Jamie Lee Curtis would be perfect for because she had the voice and the look and she was it seemed like in an advisory role not really at the forefront of anything that was going on i want to know who the russian guy is that's that's the missing piece here can't think of the guy's name now the guy who's driving the bus at the beginning who's he i'm Nothing? drawing a oh. i'm drawing a giant blank well, i mean I, they have, yeah, i'm saying he hasn't been cast yet but that's an important casting i assume the russian guy's gonna be in it he might not even be russian he's just i know he's got some kind of accent he's also the guy that has all the i'd love to machines. play a psycho uh, that'd be cool yeah i want to i want to play the guy who dies like right away at the beginning the blind guy anyways I, I think this movie could be good but i don't know what the direction is all the cast do he seem kind of older except for kevin hart and i that's the only thing that i can't put like if you're going to do it be consistent which is fine i'm i'm disappointed about lilith if i'm being honest well, it, it t tonally it's also kind of a, a you have a half and half situation where i think kate blanchett and jamie lee curtis not that they can't bring the funny but it's not what they're known for they're not zany right they're dramatic actresses whereas Jamie Kevin Lee Hart, Curtis and Freaky Friday would say otherwise I I, I, I don't <laughs> I'm not even gonna <laughs> give that a response but like Kevin Hart and Jack Black on the other side of things are are decidedly zany and they were 
this is you know this is being worked on by the people who did jumanji so like they're good the, these guys were cast for their zaniness specifically is my guess so i agree there's a discordance of of, of tone there that will need to be sorted out but we don't even really know what this movie is yet uh, it's very early yet. What I don't want it to be, I do not want it to be like Jumanji, where you just have a bunch of players who somehow get sucked into the video game. I do that not want upsetting. that. I yeah. don't want it. Control Z, Control V. Yeah, you 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 want the actual story, and you want it. You I you know I know Borderlands has this kind of tongue in cheek, very comic thing going on, but I would want an element of seriousness. I want um, Ryan Reynolds as Handsome Jack, which if you haven't gotten to the second game, you have no idea who I that is. Not. But I have not. I want Tactic. How good would that be? I can already see that happening. The tonal sense of him relative to Handsome Jack is definitely spot on. Well, time will tell whether in the first movie or in some sequel should this one do well. But that's another film that's in the works and casting choices are being made. So we're here to talk about those and anything else. But right now it's time for what we've been up to. It's about that time. So I'm going to kick us off. Not a lot going on here. I'm just going to throw that out there. I, I want to say, I want to mention, I want a soapbox here. I've been rewatching Friends and that I, I feel like, especially amongst our generation, that's a divisive topic. So I want to take a second to talk about it. Friends is unfairly judged. I feel like this is a safe space for me to say that. I think there's a lot of people, specifically younger people who look at that show and say, it is not funny. It's not good. No one should watch it. It's overrated. And to them, I say nay. I, I don't know. Like, is it dated? Are a lot of the jokes dated? And is there a lot of culture clash? You bet. Is that true of many shows, if not any show that was made in the 90s? Also, yes. It has likable characters. It has good jokes. And it's, a, it's the time of my life that I'm in right now, which is when I sit in front of the television, I need to shut my brain off almost entirely what friends provides and that's not designed to be a knock on the show i think it's really great easy watching and i've been going through that i've also been playing super metroid on the switch throwing it back a little bit but that's the summary of of my life i don't think i've watched any good movies lately it's kind of been a a dry spell for that so that's the summary for me which is pretty boring but let's swing it over to tactic so i've taken some personal time for some personal reasons but all in all been hanging out a lot with uh nerd bomber and mainly playing a lot of Sackboy's Adventure. If you haven't played any Sackboy's, I wholeheartedly recommend it for the PlayStation 5 because the controllers just make it so much better with some of the haptic feedback, the audio, and everything that is involved with that. Additionally, it's a great couch co-op game for you to play with your friend, significant other, whomever you have around. And it's just very happy and uplifting and cheerful. And the soundtrack is, as the kids say, fire. Wow. Do kids still say that? I don't know. I hope so. Close enough. I say it Some, all the time. A kid somewhere says it. You, you, before Nerd Bomber takes over, I want to you jog my memory. Uh, yesterday on Facebook Marketplace, I got Jedi Fallen Order for PS4 for $10. So It's a pretty that, solid deal. That's coming up. It's actually the deluxe edition. I feel like it was a pretty major get, so... TBD will update. We talked about that game on the show with Ben Shackness, like way back when it first came out and he spoke pretty highly of it. So I have high hopes for it and I look forward to playing it and picking out my lightsaber color mostly. So we'll update. Tactic, you tapped out. You should I swing it over to Nerd Bomber? Tap. Tapity tap. Nerd Bomber, what do you got for us? So aside from playing Sackboy with Tactic a lot, uh, we've also been catching up on Modern Family 
And similarly to what you're saying about Friends, not so much that it's dated because, I mean, it's a relatively recent But it also gets a bad rap unfairly. I totally agree. You know, I've Um, never actually seen people give it a bad rap. It's it's a really... It's one of those shows where it's lighthearted. You can kind of turn your brain off for half an hour. Like, it's it's kind of like a feel-good show, even when there's crazy, zany stuff going on. And even, like, the depressing episodes are still kind of feel-good. And... I'm digging it. That's that's what I need in my life right now. So I'm gonna say it. Phil Dunphy is dad goals. Phil Dunphy, man. Did you have you got how far are you in the show? We are in season seven. Cause I I've watched it sporadically. I, I, I my parents watched it like at the tail end of like when I was going to college, like when I would come home, I would like watch it with them. And I would laugh. And it was like it's another show. It requires no really continuity. You can just jump in and watch it. There was this episode where Phil has this this like new year's resolution or some kind of like year-long goal to bike to canada on like a stationary bike oh yeah (laughs) stair climber (laughs) the stair climber and he's like he thinks he's gonna die because he's trying to get to canada so he's like trying to tell luke like all of his life lessons before he dies while he's on the stair climber and it's so freaking funny he's great he's so good on that show the evolution of the characters too and especially the kids because technic and i were just kind of reflecting on it because we were like you know how on hulu you can tab through and see like the a screenshot of every episode as you're yeah. reading through and we were just like wow you know you, before your eyes and you don't even really realize it because you're watching 22 episode seasons one after another but you actually watch these kids grow up and their characters yeah. evolve and become complex dynamic people and it, it's just yeah it's a good feel good family show. I mean, I'm kind of I feel like we've run through everything and now that the office and Parks and Rec have been moved over to Peacock and you only get the first season for free, like I'm not going to pay for Peacock, sorry. And not about that. For those of you who are curious how we are in our personal lives, our relationship is 100% Phil Dumphy and Claire. Dumphy. Who's Cla- who's Claire? His wife. No, I know, but are you Claire or is is Nerd Bomber Claire? You know the answer to this. Well, I mean, I feel like he, I'm a lighter version of Claire. I like to hope, like I could not Claire's, be Claire Claire's doing pretty, a podcast. She's yeah, very Claire, intense. She's pretty intense. I was gonna say. Uh huh. I'm not sure that she's a Claire. You're you're totally a, a Phil Dunphy. I mean, you that yeah. Yeah, you've never seen the intense side. You see the happy-go-lucky, easy-going side. I don't have a fetish for Halloween, so there's a big difference Uh, right there. That's fair. (laughs) I make all of our costumes. But yeah, watching a lot of Modern Family, and really, that's about it. Still kind of slogging away at Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I keep thinking I'm done with it, and then I'm not. So I'm going on like hour 75 at this point, and... I'm telling you those Assassin's Creed games do not encourage you to finish them. Well, it's like at this point, it's the sunk cost fallacy where I'm like, you know, I've already put 75 hours in. Like I I should just see it out. And then they keep like somehow there's more stuff to do. And I'm just like, Mm -hmm. I stopped Mm -hmm. doing side missions. I stopped doing like, I just literally go right to the main mission. But I think I clear the map and then another one pops up. I'm like, eh. That's what what happened to me with Borderlands. Gotta be be honest. Borderlands is way shorter though. It's shorter, but it's still it's too long for me. And when you're, I mean, we talked about this when you're playing Borderlands by yourself, it's kind of a, it's kind of a yeah, drag. it's not as fun. You you hit a touch point for me though. Before we move on to the quiz, you mentioned Peacock. I'm mad at them right now, and, and let me tell you why. We talked about this with HBO Max, uh, similar thing. But the past, like, it's one of those things. The past like week, week and a half, I have been like watching clips on YouTube, listening to the soundtracks while I'm working. I have I've got a hankering, an absolute hankering to watch Harry Potter. 
and like and I, you know i don't have cable so i can't turn on you know freeform where they do like marathons every two days and the streaming options peacock has if you get premium you have access to all eight movies and i'm like yeah that sounds good but even if i signed up for a, just a month of the premium i would get to watch parks and rec the office and harry potter for that month sounds amazing right wrong because they're not on fire stick yet don't even look companies don't even release your app if you if it's not on fire stick it's not on roku like what the hell it bugs the crap out it's i'm so mad let's just move on but i'm so mad about it because i went to i was like i was all excited like i'm gonna watch harry potter one this is last night I was like i'm gonna watch harry potter one went to put it on the fire stick search for peacock it didn't come up i was like not this bull crap again because hbo max was the same thing they were like working out rights or something it's like don't even I mean, don't Ro- release roku, the app anywhere. roku sticks are better but I mean, that's fine it's not on roku either same problem because they can't there's rights issues it's like no don't even release your roku. App. what's that it's on roku it's on okay so it might have got this was i read something yesterday from like late 2020 that said it wasn't on roku yet they must have just gotten it on roku but it's but amazon hasn't sorted out their crap yet so i can't like my option to do it is is i guess roku i didn't know that but like our bedroom tv ain't got roku it's just the fire stick and if i can't have it on all tvs i'm not gonna pay don't for the want app. it at all i'm not gonna pay for the app and like it just it just it bugs the crap out of me sorry you just you you hit a soft spot there you can do the quiz now november's hosting the quiz everybody i need a second to cool off all right so with a big anniversary for the legend of zelda franchise coming up within the next week after this episode releases 35th right yeah we and our patrons decided that zelda trivia would be a great way to (laughs) tackle this anniversary so we've got a two-person quiz this week and it's going to be prices right style again so you know that's my favorite type of style quiz to write get five questions here and a tiebreaker we'll have a legal start answering the questions first to give tactic a little bit of a break since you know he doesn't have a great winning record at the moment and could <laughs> use all the help he gets he doesn't have a winning record it's, it's not just a great winning record it's, it's there's no he doesn't yet. have any winning record i wanted to throw him a bone okay i, so- I didn't <laughs> <laughs> this this first question not including the remakes or re-releases, how many quote-unquote mainline Zelda games have Link in their title? I want to hedge as hard as I can here. I started playing Ocarina of Time, the best game of all time. I got I got like 30 minutes in. I was like, this is, this is crap, and I stopped. I have not played a single Zelda game. I could not be more ill-suited for this quiz. With that in mind, I'm going to say three. A lot of them are Zelda, 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 or yeah. don't don't have Link in them at all. I think three is a good guess, but I think it's a low guess. So I'm going to say five. Oh man, Tactic, you should have done the one-up trick because there are four. four. <laughs> the four games are Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, A Link to the Past, Link's Awakening, and A Link Between Worlds. So we start off this quiz. That's correct. That is correct. I looked it up. So... <laughs> We Tactics start new off. quiz strategy is challenging but <laughs> answers are correct I like it. so illegal has a point but you still have plenty of wiggle room here to pull this out tactic so let's dive right into question two what was the initial release date of the original the legend of zelda game and you guys kind of have a little bit of a pass here because you know it's 35th anniversary so if you want to do the math but i also am including the month and date to make it interesting and Tactic, you start with this one. Why am I so bad at math? Okay. Yeah, all right. Whenever you're ready, 
Sweet Cheeks. Mind if I call you Sweet Cheeks? I'm going to say February 15th, 1986. Okay, so that's today. <laughs> I'm just, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to give you a, a, some cushion on the days. I'm pretty sure it's next week. So I'm going to say February 20th, 1986. All right. So I'm realizing now that with the pre-quiz discussion, I pretty much gave this question away and gave it a very short window. <laughs> yep, yep, but yep, yep. Illegal gets this one. It was released on February 21st, 1986 in Japan. And then it was actually released a year later in the United States and the UK. Yeah, I kind of so. blew it for you there. I, I was the one who said 35th anniversary. My fault. You knew too much going in. So... Illegal has two points. Tectic has none, but there are still three questions and a tiebreaker, so anything can yeah, no, happen. This is cool, guys. Thanks. This is what I wanted to come back. <laughs> hold, to. hold on, hold. Hey, hold on to the hope. Let's let's do this. So this next one is pretty interesting. This is actually about speed running, and mm. what is the current world record for speed running the original Legend of Zelda game? Hundred percent, or just finish the game. Because that's a critical. Speed running. I'm pretty sure speed running is just finishing the game. Well, you can do either one. I'll assume it's not 100%. It's like 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Tactic, what do you got? Well, I know it's longer than that. So I'm just going to say 31 seconds. All right. So tactics, tactics <laughs> did it pay off. That was a tongue twister there. Um, this was actually set by the player called Green Mario on July 5th of 2020. So he managed to complete the game. <laughs> I see what you did there. He managed to complete his speed run in 27 minutes and 36 seconds. Okay. So we have a two to one game here. Everybody's still in it. Let's keep going. Fourth question. Breath of the Wild, which is one of the most recent entries in the Zelda franchise across both the Wii U and the Switch has sold how many copies as of December 2020? These speedrunners, by the way, are incredible. Go oh, watch yeah. some speedruns on YouTube. I mean, I I watch like Mario speedruns and like Metroid speedruns. And they're they're like, the hacks very, very that they skilled. find is is stupid. They're very engaging to watch. I know it sounds stupid, but it is not. Find a game that you've played and loved and go watch the speedrun. It's like, oh my god. Anyway, sorry. How many copies or how many dollars? How many copies have been sold as of December twenty twentieth across both the Switch and the Wii U? Five hundred million. That's way too much. I mean, I'm going to say 1 million because I know it's less than 500. All right. So Illegal gets this one. It has sold 23.12 million copies total across both consoles. It actually only sold 1.6 million on the Wii U. The majority of those sales have been on the Switch. And the Nintendo president actually said sales were unprecedented. So right now... 500 million. I mean, if it was 500 million, they would have had to throw one through my window. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was global sales. <laughs> Still. Yeah, but I don't know if that many consoles have even been sold. Across not, two consoles. Let's not dwell on, on the uh, on the 500 million answer. So it's three to one. You could blow up my spot here if I could include the tiebreaker and I'd have to find a new tiebreaker. So let's see this. Ocarina of Time was the first 3D entry in the series and the fifth game overall. What is the duration of the title theme? I'm going to go, if you let it play wait, out. Hey, wait, wait, I'm, hey I'm, I'm first. I'm first. Don't get me wrong. I would love the hint, but I think it's it's going to be an exact number. That, like, my gut says it's going to be an exact number. I'm going to say a minute and a half. That feels 
just shy of too long of what I was going to say. I'm going to say 30 seconds just to play it safe. All right. So Tactic actually does get this one. The theme song is a minute and 20 seconds. And That's it remains. That's actually what I was going to guess if I guessed Come first. the heck on. Gee whiz. It remains right. on the title screen until the entire scene plays out or if you advance to the select screen. So yeah, Tactic, if you were actually going to guess 120, you would have been right on the nose. So this is going to be a twofer. There was actually a Legend of Zelda TV show that premiered in 1989. How many seasons were there? And the bonus is, can you tell me how many total episodes there were? Okay, so trick question. They cut it mid-season of the second season. So really, it was one and a half season. And there was a total of 15 episodes. It's a really, really good guess. It's a strong, strong guess. I'm going to double it. I'm going to say it actually survived for three seasons. No, you know what? One season. It, it made it... It was canceled midway through the first season, but they let it finish out its season run. And there were only 12 episodes. Illegal, you were almost spot on the money. There was only one season of the show, 13 episodes. You got both of these. Tactic, you were so close. When you said one, if you would have just stopped there, I was like, oh, he's going to get it. And then you didn't. But this means illegal, the self-proclaimed ignoramus of Zelda-ness. I don't know if that even made sense. It's still true. Has taken home the Zelda trivia for the week. Uh, Happy anniversary to the Legend of Zelda. Happy 35 years. It's honestly a bittersweet thing for me. You know, I'm Tactic, I'm pulling for you, man. I, wa- I, I kind of wanted Tactic to win this too. But also, you, you do have a win. I misspoke before. You're one and three. I just looked at the, at the quiz tracker. I'm three and oh, Nerd Bomber two and one. You're one and three. You're right in there. You and Nerd Bomber are right there. So hang tough, my guy. That's, that's the feedback I have for fine. you. I'm fine. We're all fine. Everyone's okay. It's cold outside. It's, you know, the doldrums of February, but we're hanging in there. We want to thank you all for joining us for this fantastic episode of the Online Warriors podcast. If you like what you listen to, you can head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, hit us up on Twitter, as we already mentioned, talk to us about anything and everything in the episode or not in the episode, and uh, keep on being kind to each other. And we will talk to you guys next week.